Welcome to this edition of Sean and D's Good Tape. Sean Newell, Dennis Brzezinski alongside D. How you doing today? Hello, Bungle. Englewood, always up to no good. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little foreshadowing. A new, is that a new um, uh, saying that you're going to go with? <laughs> we'll see how week? it works. Yeah. It's foreshadowing. Jeez. Also joining us this week, as we mentioned last week, is uh, uh, the newly retired... And uh, doesn't have as much to do right now, so he's hanging out with us. Richie Seymour, welcome, Richie. Hey, thanks, guys. Glad, great to be here. I'm glad to be back. The fans were clamoring. It had been way too long. <laughs> and I and I, I just want to say, don't it make you smile to be back together? Oh. Little little foreshadowing for me, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's geez. the first song, so it's good. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to be foreshadowing Welcome back, Richie. Much. Congrats on your, on your retirement. I'm so happy for you and your family, like we said last week. But, yeah, no, that's awesome. 25 yeah. fucking years. Yeah. So We're what did, old. What's it, what's it feel like to uh, to be retired? Um, I, I was I was joking with my neighbors that I've worked more this week than I have at any point in, in a long time. So if this keeps up, I'm going to have to go back to work because I've been getting the office ready and everything else. Well, I, so. I was asking, what, what what does that mean, getting the office ready? Is it for your next endeavor? Yes. Yeah, okay. so my next endeavor is going to be working from home here. I'm setting up a, an office upstairs, and we have an office downstairs, but that wouldn't really work when the kids are home and, and Michelle's home in the summers. So, Oh, did you, kick just, your, did you kick your kids out of their game room? Yes. Okay, because yes. I, remember, I remember seeing the game room. So, so uh, you know, I was talking to some people, though, this week, and, and I said, you know, one of my friends, you know, is, is retiring. And, and, you know, and they said, well, how old is he? And I said, well, you know, he's a year older than me and Dennis because, you know, he was born in 1977 and stuff. And, you know, there was, there was kind of a, a common response to what it must be like for you. Your old grandpa. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thanks, Meredith. <laughs> it can be Thanks, used Tom. for so many different things. So, <laughs> so this week we're going to uh, to wait, be wait, working. Wait, at, yeah, hold go on. ahead. Go ahead. Go back. So my, I talked to mom earlier this week, and and she hadn't listened to the episode yet, but she saw the Instagram post where I, you know, said something about Meredith making her her debut. Yeah. And so mom was concerned that Meredith wasn't on the show with me. Why I was. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Mom, come on, Jesus Christ!" <laughs> These mom, yeah, just so yeah. you know, Dennis isn't allowed to be around my children because of his potty mouth. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, I told her I was like, "Amanda would fucking have my head if I talked like this around your kids." So, yeah, yeah. There's no, yeah. there's yeah. no reason. Yeah, basically. So, yeah, that's funny though. I'm glad that she's. I'm glad that she's looking out for him though. So that's a, that's a nice thing. She is our. Sense. She she's like our parental control or something like that. So, 
<laughs> we definitely need one. Yeah, absolutely. So this week, because of uh, Richie's uh, big uh, retirement, we were thinking back to the fact that you went to the Air Force Academy way back in 1996, just about a month after we graduated from high school, and thought it would be uh, good to look back at some songs from 1996. They're not all necessarily songs that really relate to us necessarily, but you know, just good songs from 1996. And of course, we always start with Pearl Jam and Dennis, your song. And as Richie foreshadowed too, don't it's Smile off of No Code, their album that came out in '96. Uh, it, it's I, I, it, just a great fucking song off of No Code. Uh, I was gonna go with Off He Goes, but I thought that was a little too somber, you know, for the three of us to get together and talk about. Uh, so I went with this one, and it's just it's Pearl Jam. It's a fantastic song. I don't know what else. To because say. Pearl Jam doesn't make bad songs. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, I do foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fore- foreshadowing because you're going to shit all over one of the songs that I picked this week. So, which is a song that I really, really like. So tread lightly. So yeah, anyway. well, it'll be an entertaining conversation. But uh, it, it it's just a fun song. I, I mean, it, it, it there's so many different ways you can look at it. Uh, the most common, uh, you know, song Eddie Vedder's even talked about it is the lead singer of the Frogs, a band who actually did. Uh, on the B side of Immortality uh, single, the Frogs uh, did they Pearl Jam released their cover of Rearview Mirror on that one, which is an interesting take. It's odd and and off the beaten path sort of thing, but but the Frogs were touring with Pearl Jam and, and the lead singers stuck a note in Eddie's notebook, uh, "Don't make you smile and I miss you already," and so he took all of these things and wrote the song about this. And it's just that that in itself is pretty fun. But just the way this song rolls, it's kind of Neil Youngish, you know. Yeah. And yeah, it it's just it's a yeah, it's just a fun song. This this album, No Code, you know, not not specifically the song because it's not one of their more popular songs. Population, it, it's popular, but not amongst you know just regular people that listen to Pearl Jam and aren't like obsessed like UD. Um, but uh, but no, it's um, I, I that album is funny because it makes me think back to 1996 and when it was my first semester in college and I was working at the radio station on campus and and we kind of got to play whatever we wanted. They would have they would have some sort of log to say these are songs that you need to play this hour, but there would always be that little uh, that little area where you could play some other stuff that you got to pick. So I like always played a couple of songs, hell, hell, particularly, um, you know, would always play that during my, during my Monday night shift that was four hours long. That's when I realized that being a radio DJ is the most boring freaking job in the entire world. (laughs) All you do, all all you do is look for songs that you can say, well, if I piece this song and this song together, that gives me about seven minutes so I can take a bathroom break or I can go smoke a cigarette or, you know, whatever it's, and I, I appreciate people that like to do that. I thought it was the most boring thing to do in the history of man to, sit there and just watch music play i mean it's fun to listen to music not so fun to just that's your job for like three or four hours to sit in a room by yourself and do that so it's kind of interesting so so d was no code kind of the point where pearl jam was starting to not want to be the biggest band in the world like like where they're making kind of that conscientious decision to well well, vitology i think vitology was was where it sort of started because you they started getting more a little experimental. I mean, they still had the Better Mans and and Cordura right. and 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 all of that on that album, but they also had Hey Foxy, Mop Handle Mama, That's Me, 
and bugs. You know, it was it, this this no code was when they did the tour without Ticketmaster. When they they tried to make that attempted coup, to right. use a popular phrase from the last couple of weeks, <laughs> away from uh, uh, away from Ticketmaster. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, and 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 I remember, I remember actually, I was. This was the first time I'd moved to Jacksonville when this album came out in in the summer, right after we graduated. And uh, and I was driving to work at Hamilton's, and this album came out, and I stopped it on Q, which is you know we figured out that's the name of the record store, to buy the CD. Uh, and yeah, no, it's that, that, it's interesting. That's where you bought it because I bought mine at Front Row. <laughs> I remember that I bought my copy is that right? Front Row. Was yeah. Front Row still open? Oh, wow. Front, front, row, was front open. row was still open. For front a row while. was open that's longer right. than longer than on Q existed. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, because because mm-hmm. we would buy concert tickets from Front Row too. Yeah, right? good. They were yes. Ticketmaster Place. Yeah. Yep. But also, on Q became Goodies. Was that the the second name of On Q? No, Goodies was a different story. I, it it I became something else. We had this. Was it was it Sam, was it Sam Goodies? Because it could have been Sam Goodies. I think because it was, yes. There was another store in Jacksonville called Goodies that was like a clothing okay. store. So yeah. Mm-hmm. When Jacksonville okay. used to oh, actually be a place on. to go. And, and as long as we're talking about it, what was the name of the store? That was took over the grocery store in that that same shopping center. Hastings. 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 That's mm-hmm. it. That's Hastings, Hastings was awesome. You could buy all kinds of used CDs, and <laughs> movies, and stuff in there. I no, spent they way had too a much great money. Selection. So, so that's what we had in Texas. Is our version of Best Buy was Hastings. Like they actually were a very big chain. Yeah, but Hastings in Jacksonville, I think, was a different type of store than Best Buy. It didn't have the electronics. It just had the DVDs and CDs. Yeah. So, and stuff like that. And most of them were used. If you did buy them new, they were yeah. about $25. So it wasn't worth yeah. buying anything new didn't, there. Didn't they yeah. rent movies too? I think so. Yeah. It seems like say, it. That I was think, a, co- that was a cool had, place. Yeah. Yeah. It was really interesting. I, I think when we were, when I, I was uh, catching up on Sopranos and family video or whatever the fuck that video store was. Yeah. Uh, when they didn't have it. I think we didn't have it on DVD. I think we had to go rent it on video cassette at Hastings and, and oh, watch it that way. Yikes. To catch up. Hmm. Right, so anyhow, so this song, <laughs> it, it could also be interpreted as, you know, somebody's cheating on somebody, you know, a relationship, the three crooked hearts swirling around, you know, representing uh, uh, the three hearts involved in, in, in the relationships. But, but yeah, it's a great song. And as I was looking at that list uh, of top 100 songs of uh, 96, there was a Pearl Jam song on there that I forgot got released in 96. And I wish I would have picked, but we'll maybe revisit that what later. What was it? This summer. Uh, it was off of Merkin Ball. Was it? No, nothing. I got id. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That... I, I love this song, so I'm not upset that we're talking about it, but I got it. It's a great song, and maybe we'll have to throw that on, you know, an episode coming up soon. So Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So anything else on that one, D? You look like you might have one one other thing to say. Oh no, I was okay. I was looking what the next song was. All right. So Richie, I believe, if I'm looking at the list right, picked the next song, which it's it's up there as one of my favorite songs on this list, to be quite honest. It- 
it is just a really fun song. Uh, Novocaine for the Soul by the Eels. Yeah. This is a song I have to uh, credit D with because he is definitely the person that uh, introed me to this song. Uh, threw it on a, like a mixtape for me one of the times I came back from college. Um, that was the first time I'd heard this song. I ended up buying the album. I love the album. But it, it's just, it's a fun song. You know like, what my favorite part of this song is, is the beginning of it. Let me play it here really quick. I just love, I just love the beat at the very beginning of it. <laughs> and then the little piano keyboard that comes in. And then right into the first lyric. Yeah. Life is hard. Beautiful. And so am I. <laughs> I mean, let's let's face it. Anything that uh, that uses a uh, uh, life is hard and so am I, like that that's going to really get us when we're 18 years old. We're, we're going to think that's funny. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was lucky enough to, you know, like, uh, you know, living in central Illinois, this song would never have gotten radio played down there right. and and so i would uh my uh you know i i had family up in, in the chicago area and at this point my mom was still living up there so when i'd go up and visit her and, and i might have been living there at this point too when the song was out uh but but on q101 up there like this song was prevalent and uh and i heard it i was just like holy shit this song's fucking great Went to the borders, which doesn't exist anymore. Bought the CD, and uh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so fucking good. You know that might have been what on cue became was borders. No, no, it wasn't a big hmm. name. It was hmm. a, borders it, was like a Barnes and Noble, but with a CD yeah. and movie section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. And I guess that's more of like what our Hastings was down in Texas it was more like a Barnes hmm. and Noble type place. All those places don't exist anymore. No, I mean Barnes and Noble still exists, but I think it's probably more for its online business than it is anything but yeah. yeah that's crazy yeah it is kind of insane i this song it has so many little great one-liners like the jesus and his lawyer coming yeah. back that, that's mm-hmm. so good Just, life is white and i am black jesus and his lawyer are coming back <laughs> it's so fucking good yeah the other one i got highlighted is this paint by numbers life is fucking with my head yep. that's yeah. who wants to live just the you know the the normal life. I think, well, I guess a lot of people do, but you know, probably an artist like uh, E from the Eels is, doesn't dig that shit, but no, not so much. Yeah. The other song that they have that's really good is that fresh feeling song that we'll have yes. to use on a show at uh, some point. Cause um, I, I also really liked what was it? Sally's house. Hmm. Sally's house. Is that right? Oh, holy shit. Hold on. The name starts with an S Sandy, yeah. Sally. <laughs> uh, let's see. I don't think it's Sarah. <laughs> Everybody loves when people Google shit on the website. Yeah. Especially when multiple people. We probably... <laughs> yeah. Yep. But it like, and that one's a more somber song. I just, I, yeah. yeah. No, they, I, I mean, they're not, all of their albums aren't great. You know, like Pearl Jam. Uh, Susan's House. Susan's House. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> not to be confused with Elizabeth on the bathroom floor, which is another one of their songs. <laughs> that's similar to Sean Newell on the bathroom floor, but that's a totally different story. <laughs> uh, Novocaine is a painkiller used by dentists in the song. The singer wants someone to soothe pain in his life and escape from the monotony of daily life. 
I think is yeah. basically what we were just talking about. Yeah. But I feel like that portion of the song really didn't uh, relate to us at that at that time. Things about this this show and and the songs we go back to is like we look at them now through you know our eyes as adults middle-aged men and be like what the fuck were we thinking <laughs> you know like these songs have deeper meaning and these guys were in their 20s or 30s when they wrote these songs and we're just fucking idiots yeah yeah but i mean isn't that really what rock music is i mean it's you, no i mean you just don't when you're when you're a certain age you're not going to necessarily relate but it doesn't mean the riff isn't good oh, and that the song doesn't ab- sound good to you absolutely absolutely Without a doubt, and 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 we've touched on that on, on many of these songs that we've talked about. So, yeah. So next song, a Wallflower song. We mentioned the Wallflowers last week, so that's why I decided to uh, pick a Wallflower song. And we were really torn between two songs because there was two really popular Wallflower songs in 1996. The first one being Sixth Avenue Heartache, and the second one being One Headlight. The reason I decided to go with One Headlight for this is because I think it was the bigger of the two songs, yeah. and it's one of Dennis's most misheard lyrics in the history of lyrics. So right. you know, you knew I was going to bring that up. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so the one headlight to, to go into this really quick, the, the line, me and Cinderella, we've got it all together. Dennis was steadfast in the belief that it was me and Cigaretta. We've got it all together. And he would sing it to his cigarette while he, <laughs> while he sang it. And it was not actually the case, but he was, he was uh, very, uh, you believed it, I think until the internet came out and we could actually pull up lyrics for the song. Uh, or until I bought the CD and saw the lyrics in it, I don't remember <laughs> yeah. which which came first. But uh, but cigaretta, goddamn! <laughs> <laughs> if that was true, that was so great. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but other than that, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't true, and it's the dumbest thing in the world. <laughs> but it would have been awesome yeah. if that was what the actual line was. Yeah. I feel like you should use the uh, that that service where where celebrities will record a message for you. You should have Jacob Dylan uh, do "Me and Cigaretta." <laughs> oh, like what, what the fuck is that called? I, cameo, I cameo. Yes, yes. <laughs> Doubt that it actually was that lyric, but uh, the record label made him change it because they didn't think it made enough sense. <laughs> for any sense whatsoever no as soon as i i think we touched on this song maybe on the show or or off the show i can't remember but uh i think you know when you settle on one headlight i was like i know exactly where sean's going he's gonna give me shit about the cigarette thing yeah (laughs) but it was funny i mean it 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 didn't bother me that you thought it was that. I mean, it was funny. And I, at the time we were both heavy smokers and, you know, it was, it was all fun. You know? Oh, but, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it, yeah. but it just like, I have a history of, you know, fucking up lyrics that I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know That's funny. Too, so, yeah. yeah. So, so in this song, I have a couple things on it. One, uh, the line, it's cold. It feels like independence day. I, that, that line just always kind of gets me because two things that don't go together are cold and independence day. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you know, it, it's July 4th. It's never cold then. Um, but it's it just, it's such a haunting song. And it, and I, I really love how it's laid out, how it's put together. Um, I, I just, I, it, it leads to my second point, which is how were the Wallflowers not a bigger band? Like how did, how did they not make it huge? They were for a couple of years and then it just kind of fizzled. 
You know, I mean, did they they have another album? I know we talked about the Heroes uh, Godzilla soundtrack. They had three or four more albums. But did they ever have any that hit that had any big songs on it besides this one? No. Yeah. But and I just I don't understand it because you have, you know, Jacob Dylan had the the pedigree to to be a songwriter, to mm -hmm. to put produce good music. He they they clearly had the sound. I mean, they just both this and Sixth Avenue are great songs. The the keyboardist in in wallflowers is now in the food fighters that rami i can't think of his last name now off the top of my head but he's in the food fighters now so interesting enough you you had sent us a message the other day richie saying that uh this summer potentially you know because you can't say anything for sure when it comes to concerts at this point but potentially yeah potentially that the wallflowers and matchbox 20 are going to have a dual headlining show together in st louis what what, is it at riverport or whatever it's called now yeah it's uh, hollywood 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 casino amphitheater riverport yeah so um was it was it verizon amphitheater for a while too uh maybe i want to say i I went to see one here yeah. yeah, it's been several. It's been several different things. I still always call it, it was UMB Bank Pavilion for a while too. I know, yep. but um, but uh, you know, it's interesting. And Dennis and I have talked about this a lot, and probably have mentioned it on this show before. The Wallflowers in concert, while it's always fun to hear that music, they're not as dynamic in concert as you probably would like them to be. I could see that. You know, just in terms of the songs, the songs are relatively mellow, so the the show is as mellow as you might think because back in 1997 we went and saw the wallflowers and counting crows at tinley park also called hollywood casino amphitheater now um and uh um i went because i wanted to see the wallflowers i wasn't a huge counting crows fan at that point and when i left i was a huge counting crows fan and not so much of the wallflowers you know it wasn't that they were bad they just weren't really much memorable so my sister my uh uh, not my oldest sister uh but the one I, uh, Chrissy is, you know, turning me on to the Wallflowers because she was a huge Bob Dylan fan. Mm-hmm. And me and her went and saw them at the Metro in Chicago uh, Ooh, good right you. as this album came out. And and they were fucking amazing in that tiny club. I just don't think they transfer well, you know, like an amphitheater mm-hmm. like we saw them. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they did a great cover of The Weight by the band. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 but other than that, they were just, yeah. Yeah. But no, they, I mean, they're not terrible. I don't want to, and, and, you know, honestly, with, with the lack of being able to go anywhere, if, if it's available, I'm going, you know, I, I'm all for, I'm all for us getting tickets and going to it. But Matchbox 20 is another band that, that kind of fits that bill a little bit too, to where, you know, I saw them in concert in Champaign in, in the year 2000 when they were on their Mad Season tour, and they were good, but I wouldn't say that I was, like, blown away by them. So, you know, it could be – it's one of those shows that I'm willing to put up the money for, and it'll be a good time because we'll like the songs, but you may not be blown away by it. Right. Yeah, I, I definitely think the other one we talked on that on that list with the uh, the Alanis and Garbage, I think that'd be a much better concert. Um, Amanda's uh, Amanda's totally on board. I mentioned that to her, and she's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Sweet. So, yeah. Sweet, I'll have Michelle watch all the kids. <laughs> she won't go. <laughs> <laughs> Does she not like Alanis Morissette? She she doesn't like concerts that much. Mm. Like it's it, it takes a lot to get her out of the house. Amanda's the same way. She doesn't really like them that much either. She finds them to be too loud and the lights shining in your face and stuff like that. So maybe maybe they could both and we can just go. <laughs> okay, Sean, no, Amanda Sean. and Michelle are huh. too old. Well, that yeah. I mean, and Michelle Sean Michelle is way older than we are. You know. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't uh, know if she listens to us. She probably she's probably above listening to idiots like us. But I just had to. <laughs> for an hour, oh, she knows Christ. about music. She's from Winchester. <laughs> I still remember uh, 2004. We went to the Summer Sanitarium show, and she was bored out of her freaking mind. We're watching Metallica and Limp Biscuit and uh, and uh, Lincoln Park, Park, and she's just literally bored out of her mind because she hated it so much. I think mm. Disturbed was on that one too, weren't they? No, uh. Uh-uh. No, it was, I don't remember who the other two bands were, but it wasn't, it wasn't disturbed, but yeah, the, or yeah, no. the, the first, I think the first summer sanitarium was a better show yeah. with kid rock uh, and corn and stuff like that. But that was still a pretty good one. I think just being outdoors made it so much yeah. a better show. Yeah. Like the, the Ed Jones dome was not a great venue for, mm-hmm. for that kind of a, of a concert. I yeah. don't think. Is Alanis at, at Hollywood casino amphitheater too? Yep. Cool. And they're both Saturday night shows, so oh, nice. so they're doable. Well, I found it. I found a little trick a few years ago while we're waiting for Dennis to uh, come back. Found a little trick with Hollywood Casino. If you don't spend the night at the Hollywood Casino, which is right next door, the hotel, which is also a a good option when going to a show, but you park there and you take the shuttle to. They take yep. there's this back way into the venue, so you take a shuttle there. Then when you're done, you get back on the shuttle and drive back, and you can get right out of the parking lot and on the interstate and go. Nice. Because there's been times, and, and the time that sticks out most is when Dennis and our our friend Tom went and saw Pearl Jam together, and we literally waited in the parking lot to get out for like three hours because that yeah. parking lot can be absolutely horrible to get out of. That's we did a Buffett concert there a couple of years ago, and it was terrible. Yeah. Like we just we didn't even try to leave. There's that hotel that's right across the way too, and and and, and I and I think I, it must have been the poison. Enough's enough. Slaughter and somebody else. I can't remember what that tour was. That sounds awful. <laughs> that it, sounds absolutely it wasn't awful. Great. It wasn't great. It <laughs> poison, wasn't great. Poison, okay. The rest of it, eh. <laughs> you know, that just seems but, like. Uh, oh. But it, it, it was like maybe a half a mile walk from that Riverport Hotel to the parking lot. You know, so that that wasn't horrible. We did that one time, but yeah, hmm. okay. there were some great shows. That we are so, we are yeah. so far, um, we are so far sidebar in today. So far, I don't think we've hardly talked about songs. <laughs> Hold so. on, before, after the break, yeah, there's going to be a goddamn huge sidebar that I have to I have to tell the story for. That, that's assuming we get to the break. I was going to say at this point, <laughs> this may be a this may be a lost show at the rate we're going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we might want to go back and cut out the uh, jacksonville stores segment because uh, <laughs> but everybody's everybody that listens i mean i mean seriously we have like anywhere from 30 to 50 listeners per show most of them are probably know what know where jacksonville is and have been there many times so <laughs> yeah it's, it's all good it's not it's not like we're um we're lighting the world on fire with listeners i do have a few in peoria that listen but they can just deal with it and we'll talk about peoria stuff at some point too <laughs> Um, so, uh, uh, next song on the list, I've got to pull up the list, find it in all my mess of, uh, windows that are open here. It is the next song, the next song is also one of my, one of my top three songs from this. And it's, uh, it's bound for the floor by local H and Dennis, you're the one who picked that song. Fucking love this song. It's a great and, song. And this, this band, this album and the, the album after they released it are so good. And, uh, uh, but like how fun was this song when it came out? Right there. Well, it's just a kick-ass in your face. Yeah. You know, it's gonna gonna rock your world. And, type and of a it's song. the same. It's the same. You know, lyrics over and over again. But it's just so done so well. It, it's like, literally like two lines of lyrics. It's great. Yeah. 
the, the, I got highlighted two things in the lyrics. Born to be down. I think I've been. I've said this before now. Born to be down. What good is confidence? That's a chorus, or that's a verse, not a chorus. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And, and the other one I've got is. Uh, uh, I've learned all my lessons before now. Born to be down. I think you'll get used to it. And the rest of it is, and you don't. <laughs> and keep it copacetic. I love the yeah. I love the copacetic word. I don't know oh, what yeah. it is about it's, it. It's just it's 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 a great word. It, it, absolutely. And when was the last time you watched the video? Or have you ever watched the video? For this I don't think song? I ever have. No. It's so fucking good. I I gotta it, say I gotta say I'm impressed with you, D. You're still very diligent about video watching. You know, yep. you'll watch new videos and stuff like that. I have not literally sought out a music video in probably 25 years. Seriously. Well, I, I just, I, I just don't do it. I live in a hotel. Uh, I, I don't have a whole lot going on. It wasn't a knock. It was actually, it was actually a compliment to say I, I'm, I'm impressed with your dedication to music. So, yeah. Oh, well, no. And, and that, I, I mean, one of the reasons this, this podcast exists is because this is one thing I can actually talk about with confidence. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh yeah no i just yeah it's it, they're great and and it's been a while since i watched some of that shit uh you know like uh uh, uh the wallflowers one headlight jacob dylan was a good looking man yes yeah at, at that seen, point it's like have you seen a recent picture of him no i haven't well, like if if you just Google him, because I I you know was doing doing a little note search this week. There's like one from last year. He's got like some gray hair coming in. It, it's like Jesus. He uh yeah, you're you no doubt he is a good looking dude. Yeah. So, he's Bob Dylan. so you still find and him Bob to be Dylan's... attractive, Richie? Do what? You still find him to be attractive? <laughs> I... <laughs> yes, Sean, definitely. <laughs> anyway, so, you can tell it's a, you can tell it's a Saturday night as opposed to a Saturday morning. Let's just put it yes, that way. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. So, so we, before we move off local H, this was one of the songs. Like, I keep a list of songs that I want to include when I'm when I'm on on a on a not theme show, and this was definitely like one of the one of the songs on that list. That, awesome. You know, as I'm driving around listening, I hear it on the radio. I'm like, I haven't thought of that song in a long time. It needs to be on the pod. And, and, I've been trying to find a way to squeeze it in. And, yep. and like we, I always end up like, and this show, for example, like, God damn, there's like a dozen songs I wanted to pick. Uh, and, 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 and including off of this album. Well, I mean, like you, you, when you limit it to 96, that was a good year for music. Mm-hmm. Your rage had evil empire. You know, you, you a couple songs there. You had, you, you know, D. You had two Nickelback albums to choose from, and you didn't pick any of their songs. <laughs> I don't think Nickelback actually released an album that year. They no, Nickelback released two albums. Oh in my gosh, I didn't know they true? existed in 1996. Yes. Wow, it, it was it was their like their not even their debut. It was their pre debut album on the pre debut. That the, well, so it's it's <laughs> it, was, it wasn't their. <laughs> It wasn't their breakout <laughs> album, with, like produced by an actual record label, but they they did have two albums come out. So you album. dug deep to find them on their independent record label, like where, wherever the fuck in Canada they came from. You dug deep just to figure out if there was a Nickelback song that existed in 1990. No. And just for I, you, so you can listen to it after the show's over. Yes. yes. No, I'm not going to. <laughs> but you're such I a probably man. already own, own them. <laughs> I'm a Nickelback fan. <laughs> I clearly do. <laughs> oh shit! So, so oh, all right. As long as we're talking about this, like the top songs and, and, and shit like that of '96, 
Sean? Yes. Do you know what the number eight song, or I'm sorry, number seven song on the Hot 100 of Billboard of 1996 was? The number seven song? Um, no, I do not. The Crossroads by Bonefaces. <laughs> Very, nice. Very and, nice. Sean, it's not The Crossroads. Ah. It's The. Is that T-H-A? Crossroads. So as I was scrolling through this, and, and and as we get to the next song, uh, this is a good, Richie, this is a good uh, jumping into the next song because yep. originally I was going to- It's called a segue. It's called a segue. Segway. Thank yes. you. Yes. I was going to include the uh, number one song of 96 and uh, uh, that happened to be uh, Macarena, the Bayside Boys mix by Los Del Rio. And I thought, no, we don't want to talk about that song. No. So we reached out to uh, Jen from France to uh, uh, have her choice for her favorite song from 1996. And, and, and she struggled with it. And, but she came up with Placebo Nancy Boy. And this is a great fucking song. It really is. Holy shit. This was it, like, I don't know why this song wasn't big in the States. It, but I know I've heard it. Like, I, I know, like, I, I've definitely heard the song before. But yeah, it, it should have been a bigger hit. It should have gotten serious airplay. It it's just kind of so kicks, much... kicks you in the ass a little bit. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it's got, and he's got that Rush sort of Getty Lee voice. And, and... I, I was thinking ACDC. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. But, it, but it's just so fun in the the guitar, the how yeah. hard that fucking hits, yeah, and and just just the it fucking... does sound like Rush. I didn't think about that yeah. correlation, but that does sound like that does sound like Rush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and, this is a very the... it's kind of got a punk vibe to it. Yeah, yeah, and the chaotic nature of the song in itself, and 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 and. Uh, It's kind of got a Courtney Love feel to it. Yeah, sure. It, it, mm-hmm. But it's just a charged up, fucked up song that, that, God damn, it would have been fun had we had this mm-hmm. on QLC in central Illinois and rural. Hey, <laughs> you know, though, you know, though, we make fun of, we make fun of the music around there, but QLZ was actually a really good station at, oh. in its time. You know, it really so, was. So, uh, again, the song is great. And, and, and listen to this and the playlist will be on Instagram and, and all that shit. But, uh, but yeah, no, I was listening to, uh, prior to Richie sending the link, I was listening to an Apple playlist of 96 alternative songs. And there was The World I Know by Collective Soul, yep. Counting Blue Cars by Dishwalla, uh, uh, In the Meantime by Space Hog. You know, there's some great fucking music. And we all had that. And, yep. and, and keep, you know, with QLC. Mm-hmm. I don't remember yeah. that. I don't remember that Space Hog song. I, I'm sure I know it. I in just the can't meantime, think of it. I just can't think of. Well, no, I gotta play it. So yeah. was was in the meantime the Space Hog song that made yeah. it. Okay. Well, in the meantime. Good Nailed it. <laughs> it was something. Once you yeah. play it, Sean, you'll 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 know what I'm talking. About. Everybody listening to this already knows. <laughs> but, oh but yeah, no. of course. I just I needed the first little yeah. yeah of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But in 
Is this their only song that was popular? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, they only had the one. Yeah. Just love this song. It is a good song. Yeah. It's great. So so I, I was I was when I when I was like going through picking out songs, originally Stabbing Westward was gonna be on my oh, uh that's a, which one? I, it was between so shame and uh how 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 would you? Sean and I talked about this, but but the other one that we talked about, uh, you know, prior to we go in a break was Gravity Kills Guilty. Oh, I forgot. That's that a good song. one too. And so, and pizzas by the presidents of the yeah. United States of America. Like we we missed the we missed so many good fucking songs. Mm-hmm. Well, I it just like like literally. So I started off. I I went through like album releases in '96 and just kind of went through the entire list. It, it was an insane year. Did you know, Sean, that Stabbing Westward was a Macomb band? I did not. No, that's, yes. that's really interesting. I, I, I saw them at one of those uh, Q101 shows. Yep. <laughs> this is a this is a majorly good, de- dark, depressing song, <laughs> but it's a good song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Shame, shame, was, uh, song. shame wasn't off yeah. that same album, though, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Jen, I'm so sorry that we di- diverged from Placebo. I I thought there was a placebo song that was popular in the states. I thought there was too. I thought that they and, and I looked at their fucking track list all week and I couldn't figure out. I thought it was like a cover of a song. Oh, but but I think it must have been something else that I'm thinking of. But this is a great song, Jen. So thank yeah. you so yes. much, and thank you so much for not picking Macarena. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I wonder, was that? I, I she'll have to let me know or let us know if that was popular in Europe. Uh, I assume definitely was. in Spain. In Spain. <laughs> All right, that's side A. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that side. I'm embarrassed already, and it hasn't even been aired yet. Oh my gosh. And it's only 38 <laughs> minutes long, 38 minutes for side a. So we might have to pick it up a little bit on side B. So people don't get don't completely sick happened. of this. So, anyway, let's take a break and, and uh, we'll be back in just a second. You're on Sean and D's good tape. The trivia thing first too. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to side B of Sean and D's good tape. And uh, side a was rather long and we'll see how side B goes. It's uh, it'll be an interesting ride here. So uh, as you just heard Dennis say, first up is our new trivia segment that we have. So go ahead. D. Yeah. It's, it's, it's episode 25 and we got Richie with us. So if it goes long, it goes long. We're okay with that. Yeah. So <laughs> my sister got me these nineties trivia cards. 90s music trivia cards for for Christmas. So uh, this is one of the fun things we're going to do this year. Which band released the song Flagpole Sitta in 1998? I know the answer. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. That would be Harvey Danger. Harvey Danger. Absolutely. Okay. One of of maybe what? Two songs that they had that were actually popular? We did Private Helicopter. Yes. Which was the song that Richie famously said that it was me and, and Haycraft that we're, we're listening to because <laughs> I swore to God it was me and you <laughs> oh because I'd never heard the song before that's yeah right. yeah, yeah exactly you and George exactly. Haycraft oh yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> I was talking about George Haycraft not too long ago because I was talking about when uh, once in a while we'd make the trip to uh, Illinois State University to hang out with uh, some of our friends and they would take us to parties on campus and we would sign in as George Haycraft and Bruce West. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was always a good time. So anyway, so uh, Richie, I think the first song on side B is you. Yeah, so uh, this song's not really uh, a normal good tape song, but when we were doing 96, I, I didn't think there was any way to uh, to go through the year without talking about California Love by uh, Dre and Tupac. It Englewood is always up to no good. Always <laughs> up to no good. So, okay, I, I said I wanted to tell a story. Uh, you, so I'm a 42-year-old, middle-aged, white, nerdy guy. And, uh, and I'm working with this kid, uh, Darius, and, and he says stuff like, yo, this shit's fire. And man, this shit is fire. And and I thought it would be hilarious to be like, all right, no. Darius, I think what you did there was not quite fire. <laughs> it's, would you think that was fire, what you were doing? Like, just trying to take this word from him. <laughs> like, like this is this is a term that we don't, we don't know because we're old white guys. <laughs> it's just like, hmm, I don't think that was very fire of you. Was that Darius maybe, when he did this thing? Maybe you weren't woke enough to pull that off. D. I'm sorry. <laughs> I said, maybe you weren't woke enough to pull that off. That's another term that we can well, no, use. But, it, but it's also fucking hilarious <laughs> that, that like, he's looking at me like, dude, you can't say that word. <laughs> <laughs> and so as soon as that happens i'm all in on it too like i'm calling this team fire like hey come on everybody team fire <laughs> it makes me oh it's so great sounds yeah. like one of those things that at the end of it all you just need to punch yourself in the nuts and move on <laughs> <laughs> That's an inside joke. <laughs> yes. And a very long running one at that. A very long running one. Very probably started running. in 1996. So You're, you're probably mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Sean, that was very not fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyhow, Englewood's up to no good. It, so, so like I said, not, not a song that, that you two probably listen to much at all. Um, however, I would say it's probably one of the most relevant 96 songs out there. I mean, if, if you go to a club nowadays – they're still going to play the song every well, night. Like, well, I, I will say this. When I saw the playlist and, and uh, Dennis originally sent it out, I was like, I don't even know if I've ever heard that song. And as soon as I played it, that beginning beat, I'm like, of course I've heard this song before. Oh, you know, it's just it's one a of great, those things. It's a great yeah. fucking song. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, it, and it, it combines that, like, one of hands down the best rappers of all time with one of the best producers of all time. Like, you know, so, so Dre had just introduced Snoop Dogg like four years before this. They, like, this was a big deal Tupac had just gotten out of jail um, like it it was huge how big the song was my favorite rapper of all time hands down is Tupac like there's no no doubt about it like like he he's got a flow and, 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 and rhythm and the way he his lyrics are just outstanding now now that being said this not one of his best songs it's no, his it's popular not. song by far like it's not even close to how much more popular this is this was really the song that introduced him to the main street white suburban world 
Like, you know, you, you can go back and, and see me rolling and get around and, and all those songs. Picture those me. were very popular. What? Picture me rolling. Picture me rolling. Yep. God damn it. So I'm white. Old. That was not fire. <laughs> <laughs> no, not fire at all. Not fire. Tell, tell Darius I'm sorry. <laughs> it, you know, those were all popular and, and, you know, a lot of people knew Tupac before this, but, but California Love was the song that really kind of put him on the map with the large group. And I will say I... In a lot of ways, I feel like he was phoning in a lot of this song. So in the in the notes you had, D, you had that he wrote his verse in 15 minutes. Like he just he said, "Hey Dre, put me on this track." Wrote a verse in 15 minutes, and and kind of that's where the genesis of, of this song came out at. And, and the fact that that they this was pretty much the end of the relation, relationship between Dre and, yep. and Tupac yep. too was because they both wanted credit for the song. Well, also the beginning of the relationship. So, so like the deal was he had been with other record labels. He was part of Digital Underground, not on the Humpty Dance, but but you know he. he, he was, dance video. He, you're right, but he was not on that record. It's it's kind of interesting. So he, and and I'm sure there's a fascinator about, uh, you know, Suge Knight basically got him, bailed him out of jail, uh, with the deal being that you're going to come and do three albums for for Death Row Interscope, which was brand new record label at the time and this was the first two all eyes on me was the first two of those three albums and he's dead by september of 96 like that's uh, allegedly well yeah allegedly definitely (laughs) he did put out three albums that year (laughs) (laughs) and several more after that so fucking good yes it is album that's I, it, my favorite rap album of all time. Oh. Yeah. So I do have a question for you, Richie. So mm-hmm. you, you like this song and you like Tupac and you hung out with us the vast majority of the time before you went to the air force Academy. When did you actually listen to this? Because so you, didn't listen, car, you didn't listen to it with us. In my car, which you never got into because you couldn't drive my car, Sean was, uh, it, it was primarily rap. Oh. So I listened to rap on my own time. And then I'd listen to to alternative with you guys. That's not true, by the way. I used to ride around with you quite a bit, but just, three times, just uh, three times. Yeah, that was probably how many times I've actually been in a car with Dennis driving in reality, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> including less or, or two summers ago. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Sean likes to be in control. Yeah. So, so I, so I will say, like, uh, kind of harkening back to the uh, the wallflowers and and you know the that they didn't go as, as high as they probably should have. It's really interesting what could have happened with Tupac if he didn't allegedly die later that year, because, you know, by this point he already had a, what looked like it was going to be a very good movie career. He definitely had more music to make. And it's, it's just one of those kind of sad things that uh, he, he would have found a definitely an outlet for his music for the next few years. I don't know how well he would have aged because he has a lot of kind of the harsher, uh, undertones to his to him that that definitely wouldn't play well today and and may not have played well late but, night early but night. at the same time he was also very pro woman female like you know his his like like of course he had the typical hip-hop lyrics of the time but and, and the rape conviction conviction <laughs> yes but at the same time in his lyrics you know, I'm, uh, so going back to the yep. top 100 of 96, R. Kelly, 
was uh, prevalent on that. Yeah. So there, but, but Tupac also had a very strong mother who, yes. who made him respect certain aspects about, about women. And, and I'm not making excuses for anything that he did prior to that, you know, you know, or, or, or it, 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 including that, but, but he he was he was an interesting fellow. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So you you mentioned what you mentioned about like abuse of a woman or something like that, and that's a really good segue into our next song, actually, because of what some people believe that the next song is about. In in the notes no, it's that not you had. what some people yeah. believe the next song is about. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so so the next the song, song the next song is is uh, uh, "Burden in My Hand" by Soundgarden, and the. <laughs> the meaning of this song, and I know this is yours, but but it, the seg that I want to get to really quick is the song suggests it's about a man who murders a woman he's in a relationship with and leaves her in the desert and not without regret. So I'll let you take it from there, but I thought it was a good seg when you guys were talking about what you were just talking about. And hold on, seg is short for segue? Segue, yes. Okay. Not one, of, that, those things, not one of those things you Yeah, run? in the business, yeah. D. You'll, you'll learn eventually. <laughs> 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 All right. Yeah, no, so this song, it's a great fucking song. But it's about a man murdering his wife and burying her in the desert. As you do. And and, and with no remorse about it whatsoever. Hmm. That's uh But it's it seems happier than that when you listen to it though. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, seriously, it's, it's got a, it's got a little vibe to it. That doesn't seem that, uh, you know, that heinous by any means. Well, the guy doesn't give a shit that he killed his wife. I mean, listen to it. He's like desert. all excited. So, Follow me into the desert. Yeah. Desperate as you are. I don't Yeah, It's fine. <laughs> Come on. It's no big deal. I'm just going to kill you. Well, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway yes so because fear is strong and loves for everyone who isn't me that's the line of the song that i fucking love the most just overall it's it's that that chris cornell sound again like no matter when you hear it it's so good Mm -hmm. i i was i was definitely thinking so uh, Pearl Jam and, and Van Halen slash Sammy are kind of the the underlying heartbeat of the good tape, but I think we've officially ventured into the realm where Chris Cornell is the spirit animal because well, we've done a lot of him. Well, because he's on every episode now. I was thinking yes. about that when I saw that. Yes. I'm like, oh, Chris Cornell again. I think Dennis has picked another one that is going to be on absolutely every episode going forward, which isn't a bad thing <laughs> by any means, but uh, but it's just he's been on like the last, like what, five or six episodes. I honestly think we missed out on how great he was when we were kids. It he he mm-hmm. got yeah, doled out in little bits and doses over a long period. Well, I'll be, I'll be honest, I, d- I didn't I but, didn't appreciate he wasn't Soundgarden. pushed like Nirvana yeah. and 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 Pearl Jam were, you know, yeah. like and and going back to listening to Super Unknown and 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 down on the upside, like you go back and listen and realize like holy shit these were great songs. How did we miss these? Yeah. I mean, I, I would say we knew spoon man. We knew black hole sun. We knew this song, you know, there was a few of them that you knew, but, but it wasn't the same rusty cage, you know, but it wasn't the same as, you know, you didn't look at them in that same vein as, as Pearl jam or Nirvana. You're absolutely right. And you liked those songs, but you weren't like enamored with them. Like, 
yeah. the other two bands that we just mentioned. Yeah, it's strange because then you and I started actually, I think, probably appreciating Chris Cornell more once he became a solo artist. Honestly, you know, when he came out with Sun Shower and Seeking a Friend for the End of the World and some of those songs that were just like, man, those are really good songs, you know, as as time went on. Well, and and with Tom, you know, and from Black Days, you know, both of us, you know, like that that hit us Mm -hmm. hard. Uh, uh, But but yeah, exactly. You know, like we hit the, the, the certain notes that we had to hit. But again, once he went solo, I mean, you recognize him a little bit more but mm-hmm. going back and listening to these you know with what i can do and uh yeah no they're so good and i can't believe we missed them this hard mm-hmm. this you know coming back to this but yeah you done with that one i, I just want to make sure you're done so oh, no, I thought yeah. I was say oh. something Okay. Well then, then we'll move on to the next song. So so the next song is uh, one that I'm absolutely kind of surprised that we haven't done yet, to be quite honest, because it's an Oasis song and probably the last Oasis song that we're probably going to do on here. I mean, we could do live forever because we haven't done that one yet from their previous album to to what's the story morning glory, but but that would be, that would be the absolute last one. I don't, I don't picture us doing another one outside of the four that we've done, but we've, we, we've, uh, we did, uh, um, so champagne. Sally can wait, and we did Champagne Supernova, and now it's Wonderwall, which you would think we might have started with Wonderwall if you think about it, because it's probably the biggest song that they ever released. Um, not necessarily my favorite song of theirs, but their biggest song is certainly Wonderwall. So, um, you know, I still I still listen to the song and think back of what a good song it was, and it was certainly the reason I picked it for this was because it was one of the top songs of 1996 on the rock charts, no doubt about it. Well, and this song also really hit us at that time where we were very much into the Beatles. I mean, Mm -hmm. two of the anthologies came out in this year. And this song definitely has a Beatles vibe to it. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, Backbeat was the movie about about Stu, the the, the former drummer. You have the the long and winding road reference there in the song. Like, it's it's definitely is as much it drew drew comparisons comparisons to them to the Beatles. Uh, well, Wonderwall, Wonderwall is also like a psychedelic movie that re- was released in the 60s that George Harrison did the score for, yep. you know, which was the basis of the name of the song. And 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 obviously he uses Wonderwall uh, as an imaginary friend who's going to come and save you from yourself. I've never watched the movie Wonderwall, so I don't know if that's a reference to the movie itself. But but yeah, right there, George Harrison, Beatle reference. Mm-hmm. And the song, the song Wonderwall means the person you're constantly finding yourself thinking about. The song is simply about the feelings human beings get when they experience the initial stages of love and infatuation. It describes the volleying between euphoria and agony that can, <laughs> that a crush can make you feel. So, you know, that, I mean, that for a, for a high school kid, that kind of sums up a, a good, uh, a good way to look at being in high school and being 17 or 18 years old, to be quite honest. And, and, and that was a note from a, a comment on, on, on a website, Quora.com, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in, in the notes, like, but, but at the same time, it, it's so relevant and, and thinking back to where we were 25 goddamn years ago. It's so ridiculous to me to think about that, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. But it's, 
Yeah. It, it's such a great song and, and, and such a wonderful song. And, and, and it's the one everybody associates with Oasis, although we've done, you know, three other songs by them mm-hmm. prior to this. But yeah. Was Champagne Supernova off this same album or was that yeah. their next album? Okay. All, th- all three yeah. songs that we've done so far are all off well, this album. Yeah. yeah. Live Forever was the one off of Definitely Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. yeah. Which I, is I also, couldn't it's, remember it's if they had great... another album after, after what's no, the story? The, they the, did, the, but I just. They did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one. I remember, actually, I remember, and I can't, I can't, I could not tell you what the song is. I remember when that album came out in probably 1997 or 90. And I couldn't tell you what the song was, but I do remember they did play a song as a single on rock radio, but I don't even know what song it was, to be honest. I just, it it didn't, it didn't make an impression on me. Let's put it that way. And and I don't remember I, I remember watching the documentary on Netflix and pushing this, but Supersonic uh, is the Oasis documentary that's on Netflix. Like, I, I would urge you to watch it. That's actually uh, a good song, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and and that's on uh, uh, definitely maybe also. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good <laughs> with uh, Live Forever. So so yeah, maybe we'll we'll sneak Oasis in here a couple other times. But, it might yeah. be it might be a while though. I can't see yeah. it being anytime super soon. You know, yeah. live forever. Live forever is really good. Like that one. That one could definitely make it. Mm-hmm. That's a great fucking song. Yeah. But this is, you know, much like the Wallflowers. This is another band that, like, if you'd asked me in fall of '96, they were they were going to be like they were going to have the next 20 years ahead of them. Mm-hmm. We were going to, you know, they were going to five, ten albums of of great music coming. Like, it, it just amazes me that that the brothers not being able to get along and 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 you know, kind of what they how they imploded versus becoming the band that really on paper it looked like they were going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, I, I still remember though, uh, if you recall our friend Brad absolutely hated them. I don't know if you remember that because they were Beatles ripoffs. They were just Beatles and yep. imposters. And yep. like, it doesn't mean just because they were very heavily influenced by the Beatles that they do because their songs were very, very catchy. You know, regardless of even if you didn't understand what Wonderwall or Champagne Supernova were about, they were really fun songs to listen to regardless. Speaking of Champagne Supernova, should we talk about what that means before we... Well, I mean, I think Dennis just went to have one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Good times, good times. This is what we're going to name this episode. The one where Dennis had a Champagne Supernova. (laughs) Hey, glad I could title it. <laughs> That's good stuff. That's good stuff. But yeah, it Wonderwall is just a fantastic song. I, I, it, to me, it's a, it's more of a shame that that like we didn't get the additional music from these guys that mm-hmm. probably still, was there. Well, they like, both still do put out music. I just don't know if it's any good. I mean, because I was listening to uh, Sirius XM one day not too long ago, and they had I think it was the Lithium Channel had uh, one of the Gallagher's. I don't know which one it was. Um, on uh, playing songs from his new album, and I listened to it for about five minutes, and I'm like, "This is garbage. I'm not. I'm not listening to this anymore." So you know, it just wasn't. It wasn't something that I really wanted to uh, to hear necessarily. So yeah, I, I think one of them is actually angling for a reunion in 2021 when the world opens up again. So. Well, there you go. Maybe they'll come to St. Louis. Maybe we can go see the Wallflowers, Matchbox 20, Alanis Morissette, and Oasis. <laughs> Hopefully they just join on to one of the two concerts. Probably the, the Matchbox 21, since the other one's all, uh, all all female bands. So Oasis playing in front of like 
hundred thousand people. Yeah. yeah, they did Wembley, right? Yes, this is what I'm talking about. That in that in that documentary, like yeah. that's where it and ended. Was like, yeah. So I'm guessing they're not going to jump on the bill with wallflowers and and matchbox. <laughs> nor but, nor do I think that Rob Thomas or Jacob Dylan would really want to put up with them from the way it sounds no, that they're exactly. so easy to get along with. So yeah. Speaking of uh, of female artists, though, another another move into our next song, and the next song is yours, Reggie. Ah. All right. So yeah, so this one first, before we go into the song, I want to cover that this wasn't my original pick. Uh, I originally I, I was going to go with the song that hit the three of us in the right spot at the right time. Um, well, at least, just, two, at least two of us. <laughs> yeah, about the third one. So yeah. The chorus of the song <laughs> was hilarious. Yeah. Yes. The, the chorus and the uh, the like the end of the song. Um, ultimately, we decided the song was not um, appropriate, not worthy of, of making, not not politically correct enough, not not relevant. Enough time. It, it was just not good enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listening to it, okay. So the original song was uh, 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 "Why Is Everybody Always Picking on Me" by the Bloodhound King. Yep. And Richie, me and you cracked up all the oh. time at. The chorus, the drummer from Def Leppard only had one arm. The yes. drummer from Def Leppard only had one arm. And well, and, and it also quickly became, why is everybody always picking on D? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, which falls on with, uh, because he's sitting sitting down to pee. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it, it just, it was, it, so it, this, the, the album came out late in 96. I got it and brought it home on, it was either Christmas break or spring break one of those times and i just remember us driving around and stumbling onto this song and listening to it the the album itself had that fire water burn which is the roof the roof the roof is on fire song which is was a a, a, a decent hit, hit for these yeah. guys yeah but also not one that you can really play in this day it they have star references and a lot of self-deprecation but they are just not appropriate for human consumption it's like a jerky boys song yes yes very <laughs> much yeah, yeah. Which which was perfect for us at eighteen, but at, at 43, 42, we, well, we yeah. when you're eighteen, you don't think about oh, is this politically correct? Is this going to offend somebody? It, it, this is but, not what you think. I mean, but think also, about, when you're eighteen in nineteen nineties, like yeah. it's a completely well, different world. Think about Dennis yes. Leary's "No Cure for Cancer" and try to listen to that now and see what that's yeah. going to be like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Mm-hmm. Tough, so, tough hang. There was a lot of stuff we listened to back then that you know, we probably wouldn't find as funny as we did back then necessarily. Also D this song had a video, not politically correct at all. I didn't look it up. Yeah. So this song and uh fire water burn both have videos and neither one of them can be, uh, uh, sh- should see the light of day. However, they are on YouTube. So instead of using bloodhound gang, I actually chose uh, a Fiona Apple song, uh, the song criminal and my God, this is an 18-year-old girl. Uh, she is like two months older than me. So this song is just so heavy, so, so deep. And she was 18 when she wrote this fucking song. Not only that, she was 18. Her brand new music label for her debut album said, you don't have a hit, uh, hit. we need one more single on this album. Make us one. She sat down at a piano and 45 minutes later had criminal. Wow. Just, That's an just amazing as an story. F you to her, her label. 
that's an amazing story. That's awesome. and this is probably the best song off that record. Oh yeah, this was this was her her biggest song. It was actually like the third single. Uh, Shadow Boxer is also fantastic. And and well, we had her on our uh, 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 female singers yep. episode too with one of the songs off the title. But but like and and she's one of those people. I and I think where you're getting at with this with Tupac and all that stuff is the wasted potential. Yes. And, and I think hers was, it's not necessarily wasted potential. I think over the next two years, she gets beaten down by just the system around her. And, and we'll get into that in a little bit, maybe. But with this song and, and Shadowbox are both, they really feel like she is just singing to you. Like it, that's both in the video and just when you listen to the song, it, it's, it's, like, it's like she's right in your face, just talking directly to you. And it, it's just phenomenal still i i know the uh the title album got heavier play by me well up into 2000 and and going back to the like smile you know like this is i'm a criminal because i've done something wrong yep. and, and and it's you know it it, it, it seems maybe you cheated on somebody and and smile the whole that whole song could be so, so this one's really it's it's really about her feeling guilty for using her feminine wiles to get what she wants sure like and that's for for an 18 year old to see that recognize that and and discuss oh, yeah. it that's mm-hmm. kind of incredible yeah the video caused quite the controversy oh yeah mm-hmm. yes her yeah. in various states of undress yes where some people i what was the quote that was in the notes that uh that uh it was as if someone is making a video for the barely legal market, <laughs> which is, uh, yeah, that, that, you know, that would cause controversy now much less in 1996 when, yep. yeah, that, that just, uh, that's pretty interesting. But, uh, but of course her record label just like ate that up and, and used that to their advantages. She ended up winning uh song of the year on MTV or video of the year on MTV. And um, really she, she definitely is someone that, in 96 you would have expected a very long very successful career out of because she mm-hmm. she definitely had this this the sound the writing chops uh, kind of the complete package her entire uh, discography at, from this point is outstanding like she's one of my favorite artists really hmm. no extraordinary machine uh, i'll i when like uh when the pawn uh and and uh, Fetch the Bolt Cutters got released in 2020, and it's a lot of people's favorite album of, wow. of 2020. If you get a chance, um, you know, not for not for the show necessarily, but I'd be curious if you wanted to put together a playlist and send it to us just uh, of some yeah. of the songs that you find to be some of her favorites, because I really am not that familiar with her work since she, this. <laughs> I, 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 the, the one she put out in like 2013, it's so good, like one of my favorite records of all time and, and and yeah no she's so good so phenomenal just heartfelt and and it means everything hmm. yeah. yeah so uh we are now at let me look at this really quick we are now at the one hour and six minute mark so for a show that we didn't think would really take us all that long to get through so it's we call that bonus content for the <laughs> listeners <don't love laughs> and we call that sean not actually thinking about the fact that we haven't talked 
to each other for months. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. So, uh, so, um, uh, we are to our final song and this is, uh, one that I've been looking forward to uh, seeing where the discussion would go after, uh, particularly between Dennis and I, because this has been a song and it's our Van Halen, Sammy Hagar song for the week. This has been a song that since it came out, I have always really liked and Dennis has always really hated. The only time I've ever heard Dennis say anything good about this song was in 2004 when we went and saw Van Halen in concert together. And he said, that song plays a lot better in concert than it does on the album was that was the only thing that he's ever said good about it in the 25 years that it's been in existence. And the song song is human beings by Van Halen. That was on the twister soundtrack, the movie, for uh for the or the soundtrack for the movie that came out in the summer of 1996 and it is actually humans being right humans being yes mm-hmm. which is which is just an interesting switch where you know, like normally you say human beings i mean yes. this is the song that broke up van halen so or the the sammy hagar uh, version of van halen so yeah i mean it's got that going for it yeah so it was uh it was interesting about the song that you know to your to your point uh sammy wasn't really too into doing this song he wanted to go be with his wife who was about ready to give birth to their first child together not his first child but their first child together and Eddie and Alex and their manager really wanted him to come back and sing the lyrics to this song. And then they did not like the lyrics that he originally wrote for this song. And he rewrote the lyrics to this song to uh, make it the way that they wanted it. They recorded it. They went their separate ways on father's day of that year was when they had their famous phone conversation to where they basically, somebody decided that they were done. Both of them will say opposite stories on that, but that's where Sammy was done in Van Halen. The reason I like this song before we get to Dennis, the, and I thought about this a lot this week and I sent you guys a note on it. I think the reason that I like this song so much is how dark it is. I mean, it at the time in our lives that this song came out, which would have been June of 1996, that was around the time that Richie left for the Air Force Academy. That summer was when our lives really started to change a lot from what we had known for 18 years at that point of our lives. And the darkness of the song, the, um, the, I, you know, basically the part of it where it says your life is screaming, that's what makes us human being, humans being. I think that's why I like this song so much is because I felt like at that point in my life, my life was literally screaming and going in different directions than what it had ever gone before. And then the part where he talks about shine on, shine on, it's the part to say this is going to even out at some point. I don't think this is what Sammy meant by this song at all. Don't get me wrong. It's just that's what it meant to me at that point in my life. And I think that's why I still like it as much as I do. So the important thing of this is that was what that song meant to you. Mm -hmm. And and that's, that's awesome. That's exactly what this show is supposed to be is, is coming in here, looking at things the way we looked at it Mm -hmm. then and looking at it now. Uh, and I'm and I'm certain there's songs that I like that you don't dig. Plastic at all. trees. What? Plastic plastic, plastic trees. Tree, plastic oh, trees. fake plastic yeah. trees. Yeah, yes. fake, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that would definitely be one. Yes. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. And, and I, 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 as I do, I like to listen to the playlist, you know, several times. Yep. And, and just get a flow of it and, you know, get a conversation going. Uh, and this song was just so hard for me to get into again, Sean. It's, and, and the problem is uh, 
it starts out really good, but it just, it sounds like it's trying to be a 90s song, a mid 90s song, a late 90s song, and then an 80s song. You're, like it just, it the flow of it just does not mesh well for me. Like the going into da, 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 to the guitar solo. Like, I just can't get over that. But like, see, that's the lyrics actually, are good. That's actually I what I the lyrics. That's actually what I like about it, though, is because it's it's dark and then it's not. You know, and that's that at my point with Van Halen at that point, you know, a lot of people will say that when you're talking Sammy albums, I'm not talking David Lee Roth. When you're talking Sammy, they like 5150 and they like for unlawful carnal knowledge. Balance isn't always necessarily one of the top albums that people will talk about. But to me, that was a good direction that they were going because don't tell me what love can do. It was so much darker than sure. anything. Van Halen had done before this seems like an extension of that to me maybe it's and I get what you it is a little bit discombobulated I'll give you that you know there's a lot of guitar in it a lot of guitar solos you know there 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 certainly is but when it comes down to the lyrics I think is what gets me with the with the there is just enough Christ in me to make me feel almost guilty and then the shine on shine on part and then the this is my life is screaming you know that kind of a thing that's why I like this song so much so and we've already already covered a few times that you really love songs that that switch tempos mm-hmm. like that. that yeah. change, you know, and this yeah. one has a very clear tempo change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 the lyrics themselves, it, like I kept giving it a chance. Like you said, there's just enough Christ in me. Mm-hmm. Like that's a great fucking line. Mm-hmm. But to jump from that to the, you. Know, the dun, 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 to the that that mm-hmm. stuff like it just I can't yeah it, it I doesn't get it. work for me I can I can understand if that's why you don't like it I can understand that and I can I can appreciate that the lyrics to me is what makes the song more than the music oh. so yeah oh. the the, the uh, which a lot of times oh. I would say the opposite to that that's the music that makes the song and not the lyrics so it's kind of interesting in that regard the sickness in your eyes reflect reflects you wonder why your life is screaming. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's, there's good lyrics there, mm-hmm. but the song itself is just for me, a hard listen. You can hear the anger from the band in this song at, at each other almost. And it's not because of the song itself, but you can tell that this is you. It's not shocking that after this song came out with as dark as it is, that that was the end of the band, you know, honestly. Yep. And we go back to like uh, what Richie had brought up earlier in the week is, is, you know, like this was the last song that Van Halen recorded together. This was, you know, Tupac's, you know, song. This. Yeah. You want to talk about your correlation of all of it? I I just, yeah. So many Mm -hmm. of the bands that made so much of the great music of 96, like it, it, hinted at a, a much stronger future than, than what, you know, ended up happening. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, and that's kind of interesting. Cause you know, we were all 18, just graduating high school and definitely the future for us didn't go the way we necessarily intended from there. Mm-hmm. We've, you know, we've had great lives so far, uh, knock on wood that that continues, but you know, it is, as an 18 year old, we, we kind of thought we had the world figured out and, and that this was the trajectory trajectory we were on. And that's not the case. And it just, it amazed me how many of these bands, seems to be 
doing great and on the cusp of something really great and it just didn't happen for one reason or another for all of them for mm-hmm. so many of them i should say yeah it, it is kind of interesting pearl pearl jam probably the most uh most steady band out of all of them that we talked about today because they really they're the only band that hasn't like broken up or you know anything weird like that throughout all the years which is interesting considering how rocky it got for them at times during their during their time that they've decided to stay together but I would say you would have a large portion of, of the population that would still say, okay, Pearl Jam never reached the levels that they'd had in the early through mid nineties again. Like they didn't, you know, they, they've, they've had great music for that for some people that have heard, but not for most people. And that's, you know, the average person, if you talk to, they probably think the last Pearl Jam album came out in 98. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I can see the look on Dennis's face of just disgust at what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> I could just see his like brow. Just, I, like, I was furrow, trying to figure like, out. I can't believe I saw the that. look on your face <laughs> and I was trying to figure out what that was. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> of course. yeah, of course I think they do no wrong. Just like you, mm-hmm. Sean thinks Sam Hager does no wrong. Uh, you know, Mastakula inside but it's the the playlist this week ended up being pretty cool because mm-hmm. it was a lot of things you know like these people should have done better than what they did or or should have been recognized more than what they did uh, and it worked out nicely that way yeah that so, was definitely not planned. I, all three of us kind of picked songs in isolation and, and put them together. And Oh, sure. No. Yeah. yeah. So what are we thinking about for next week, D? Anything, uh, anything that's like, ooh, let's do something like this? Well, I, I had two thoughts, John. We can either, you know, since we're new back to this season two sort of thing, uh, I could also do uh, Sean Needs to Listen to These Songs playlists. Okay. Uh, but we can, you know, I, we could, I, I think just doing a normal playlist would be great, but that's fine. Let's just do a normal yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. If you got shit going on, let's, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you. Yeah. It's all good. Sean so, needs to hear this. Yeah. It's all good. Well, Richie, thanks for hanging out with us again this week. Thank you guys. And I just wanted to say, I miss you already. <laughs> oh anyway. Homer, we miss you too. On that note, we will uh, see you next week here on Sean and D's Good Tape.